What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to the What the Actual Fork podcast. Jenna, how you doing? You know, today was, I mentioned this in the episode, there's something that happened to me this morning that made me feel like it was going to be a good day. And it's really lived up to that. I'm not going to spoil it because you'll hear it soon. Um, but yeah, I'm... I feel good. Today's a good day. It's funny you said that in the episode. I didn't say this when we were talking to our guests, but like my husband, Luke, uh, anytime he gets what you talked about in the episode, he's like, oh my God, yes. He gets like so excited. Luke and I are like kindred spirits. So yeah, <laughs> like I, I like was laughing when you said that. I'm like, we talk about that in my house all the time. So now people really need to listen to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I feel like, should I jump into my what the actual fork moment? Just get right in. Yeah. I was going to say that I personally, before we hit record was just trying to think, like, I always think back to like, what did I scroll and see? And I really haven't consumed enough content, I guess, over the past like couple of days. I don't have something that really pissed me off and I feel good about that. (laughs) So you, that is a win. Switch roles for me and you tell us something that you found that really just just gotcha. Well, I feel like, and I feel terrible that I can't give the creator, um, uh, credit because this is a mommy blogger, not mommy blogger. This is a, a tick, a mom TikTok account. Fucking love her content. It's, is it Anna and she's blonde. She's fucking hilarious. Anyways, I have to find her shit. Um, but she did a TikTok on this and it was like a, what the actual fork moment of hers. But I was like, oh my God, I totally relate to that of, and I, and I feel like it complements like diet culture really well with motherhood of the, the, the message of her video was stop commenting on the size of our babies. And she was talking about like her breastfeeding experience and how like her baby, like she, she has two kids and like one baby was like a little below, you know, on the growth charts or below average. And one was above and with her daughter, I believe, or son, I don't even remember who was the one that was below. She's talking about how like everyone being like, are you sure, you know, she's getting enough milk? Like, cause she was exclusively breastfed and it just like talking about how those comments made her like obsessive with like feeding. And she was going as far as to like weighing her baby before and after feeds. And wow, you too. I had My no parents idea. had to take the scale away from me. I don't wow. think we ever talked about this, but like I bought a scale because our doula, who was also a lactation consultant and 
the doctor, like I was going in for weekly weights with Noah and I was feeding him for an hour on each side. Like I was on the couch, his entire wake window, like he was getting milk. He was just not gaining weight. Like that fucked with me, like to the point where it probably made my milk production stop. Well, that's what she was saying. Like describe that anxiety. And I remember, I remember you talking about your struggles with Noah and feeding, but it just, it comes back to, I mean, this is like body image 101, but like we're talking fucking babies here. I mean, Sienna is below the 50th percentile has been, I mean, she was, she was a bigger baby. She was eight ten, <laughs> So she was a big baby. I know that from how it felt, but, but she, her growth like drastically slowed and she was never, you know, over the 50th percentile after that. And the comments of, Oh, she's so petite or, Oh, she's so smaller. And again, like she was, growing she was help like but how that fucks with like a mom's brain when they're like when like you're literally trying to feed them from your body plus the hormones plus like postpartum like rage and anxiety and all of the things so I just really loved I like commented on I think I reposted it um and I was just like it's such a good video because it's like it's literally like diet culture presenting itself and I know like just like people might not mean harm from it but it's like, can we just stop the body comments? Like, oh my God. Obviously, yeah. all moms are like trying to feed their children. That's like what you do when they're born is like yeah. feed them, change their diaper, put them to sleep. Like, that's all you're doing. My biggest like breakdown in like the early postpartum days, I just remember hysterically and like losing my shit when Matt would like make a comment about it and like, whatever, like about, you know, how I was doing or something like that. And I wasn't working at the time. Like I was on maternity leave and I literally remember saying to him, like, this is my only job is to feed this baby. Like that's what it felt like. Cause like he couldn't do it because I was breastfeeding. Like, this is my only job and I'm failing at it. And like, I wasn't because he was fine. He was just small. Like he's fine now, knock on wood. Yeah. But like that's, pressure and anxiety like destroyed weeks and months out of like my bonding time experience and like whatever and like to like go on top of that we recently as far as like not commenting on babies like and body image and this is just a real life experience but recently we were at a party I think I told you this but we didn't record it but we were at a party and a holiday party and Noah took off his pants as one does and was just running around in his diaper and somebody there made a comment because my husband's very like tall and lean and um I'm shorter and so somebody made a comment I made a comment first saying like look at how precious those little legs are like because he was like sprinting um he's got these cute little thighs and somebody made a comment and I was like yeah he's built just like you like short and thick and I was like Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to breathe. Maybe it was a compliment. Doesn't matter. I'm going to breathe. And I'm going to say, yeah, he is, isn't he? And like, I did. And like, I took a minute and like, let that pass. But like, from like a real life experience, like, first of all, those comments are unnecessary. Second of all, no matter where you are on your food freedom body image journey, like it's okay to still have feelings. Yes. <laughs> or to like allow those emotions to like come up and like, not try and fix them immediately. But isn't it wild how 
for a child, like, first of all, it's never okay to comment on anyone's body, period. And like, I feel like a big part of education in the body image space is like complimenting weight loss is not a compliment, right? Complimenting somebody's body is not a compliment. So like, can we compliment somebody's energy, somebody's smile, somebody, the way someone makes you feel humor, et cetera. Like he's so fast, just like, or that's what I'm going to say. Like (laughs) a, a child, how it's a fucking layup to compliment a child of like, they're so goofy or silly or they make, they're, they're always making people smile. Cause they're just doing like the craziest shit and like their little giggles. And like, so like, that's what that person had to say. Like, uh, like it's I just thought my face. It was kind of like, I was stunned because like, ooh, like why? Like you also know what I do for a living and like, know that like my past and my struggles and like all the things and like, it wasn't like being said as like a positive, like the tone. Of you know? course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so yeah, no commenting uh, on people's bodies. Just so it looks like our what the actual fork <laughs> moment is like came together. About. <laughs> yeah, like together. Like don't comment on a child's body because even if that child is an infant and doesn't understand, you're probably still fucking with the mom's brain. Right. Um, which then fucks with the kid. Which then <laughs> fucks with the kid because then, yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I need to figure out the name of this creator. I literally don't know her name, but I send every single video that she makes to Luke on TikTok. And, hey, I'm like, and when you I said reposted, how do you repost a TikTok? Yeah. It's like, uh, like just like you would go to share it to like do edit or stitch it, but it'll say repost. And it basically like, it, sh- it, it just, it pumps her video out to okay. more people. So like when you see videos from creators that you're like, I don't want to do edit. I don't want to stitch it right now, but I just want more people to see their content. I repost people all the time. Oh, that's amazing. So, I need to do that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you're just sharing their video and then it comes up like people that follow you are now going to see their video, even if they don't follow them. Amazing. I feel like that's a perfect bridge into the conversation that we had with our incredible guest today, which was for our listeners who are here for like the only anti-diet content. This episode is a little bit different, but it's so on brand for us because the core message of this episode was how to show up in this crazy world as our guest said, on this world that's on fire <laughs> as your most authentic self. And I think that everybody could benefit from listening to the conversation. Yes. And I think even if people aren't quote unquote content creators or, you know, having hundreds of thousands of, you know, followers on, on social media accounts, it doesn't matter because anyone that has a social media or just wants to enjoy their life and show up as their authentic self, like this conversation is so valuable. My literal mission as a dietitian is to make food more fun and less stressful for myself and also my clients. But like, honestly, by midweek and honestly, sometimes even by Monday after a long day of working and momming, sometimes I am just out of creativity. Um, I don't know if you can relate to this, but having a meal kit company available has been absolutely game changing for me. And I'm super grateful for Green Chef that takes the questions out of cooking and has made my life so much easier. That's something I respect so much about your content is you love bringing like creativity and fun to cooking. And I feel like I've said this on so many episodes is that I hate cooking. (laughs) And I'm so like, I just, I don't know why it's just always been like such a pain point for me. So something I love about Green Chef's meal kit company is that they have the pre-made and pre-measured sauces and dressings and spices 
And it makes meal prepping easy because I'm not someone who loves to be creative in the kitchen. I look at it as more like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done. And Green Chef makes that so easy. And something also I feel like we've talked about on previous episodes with an intuitive eating journey is that meal prep can be an act of self-care. And so that's something I've been working on with my own relationship with food that it's like, okay, if we can see this as like, how do we make an easy meal that's put together, that's in the fridge to easily nourish myself so I can go on and do what I want to do for the day. It, it's been really helpful. So I'm really thankful for Green Chef for that reason. Your honesty about food and your dislike of cooking is one of the things I love about you the most. So look Being at a us. dietitian that hates <laughs> to cook, who would have thought? Oh, it's so cool in, in all of the ways. And also that with Green Chef, I love that you're also reducing your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping, which is a really cool thing as well. And I can totally relate to that stat because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the grocery store and just bought everything. And then like a few days later, I'm throwing it all out because it's bad. So thank you, Green Chef, for that. And we're so excited to share this gift with you if you also want easy meal prepping kits. So you can go to greenchef.com slash fork60 and use code fork60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, you can go to greenchef.com slash fork60 and use code fork60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. There are options for everyone. You will be able to find something that your whole family loves, and we can't wait to see what you guys cook. So today we had Justin Schumann on the podcast, and Justin is passionate, is a passionate multi, oh my gosh, this is a the mouthful. I know, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Multi-hyphenate, is that the right word? I think so. Justin, Doesn't your bio us. is is a mouthful. He told us that too. But let's keep going because clearly I can't read. Entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, and recently in the cast of Broadway's Tina, the Tina Turner musical. He owns and runs a six-figure headshot photography studio in New York City. Jay shoots. Wait, I wish I lived in New York and could come here to visit him. Jenna, we need to make a trip. Um, and he is an authenticity and personal brand strategist and content creator with a diverse roster of clients and a following of over 215,000 across multiple social media platforms. As a consultant to CEOs, politicians, mega influencers, and creatives, he considers social media a tool for self-discovery and empowers his clients to explore their authenticity through content creation. Justin distills his his clients' stories and help strategically craft compelling narratives that form the foundation of powerful personal brands. He's also clearly a writer. He breaks down the energetics behind the tools in their human toolbox, allowing them to show up as their most purposeful and consciously chosen version of self on social and in life. Um, I think this last sentence too is just perfect to really just wrap this up. Justin encourages those around him to step into their power and dig deeply into deservingness in a way they previously hadn't. He works daily to create a world where people feel empowered to live their loudest, most authentic lives and truly human well. Um, it was just a joy. Like the whole episode was a joy to hear him speak, to watch him speak. If you do watch these episodes, like the way he conveys his message with his body language is also like so powerful to watch. You could tell he's a trained actor. Um, <laughs> and it was just super inspiring. Yeah. And I think you and I share a lot. We have shared a lot on 
a, a lot of our previous videos of just some of our own personal struggles showing up on social media and wanting to show up, wanting to live, to deliver quality content for our online communities, but struggling because so much has changed on social media over the past, however many years. Um, and between not only the conversation we had on the podcast, but even off air with him, it's like, oh my gosh, we're obsessed. And this is so helpful. And I just think so many people need to hear this message. Um, because social media, it just, I say it's about social media, but like you said, it's like, it's, it's real life life stuff too. I think one of the things that he said that was really powerful off air was, you know, did I come off on this interview, like meeting you guys like face to face through zoom, um, the way that you would have expected, like from consuming my content. No, he said that on air. He did. Oh, sorry. I'm ruining it. But basically, (laughs) but it's so true. Yeah. Yes. Like in even more so like energetic and positive and like has a unique perspective on so many things. And I think I want that same response. Like I want people to say like, oh, she's just like she is in real life on social media. And there are times where when I go away from that messaging and like authenticity that it doesn't connect with people. Um, and that was like such a, a big takeaway for me today. That just, we're staying on the TikTok uh, train right now. That just reminded me of a TikTok that I saw that stopped me in my tracks. It was a very short one. Just a question who in your life, like knows you the way you wish everyone knew you. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, your daughter. That's a good one. But I, I had, I feel like you would be definitely one of the people, like I would say, but, (laughs) but I feel like it, for me, it was like, it's funny. It's not even my husband, which I was like, Oh, I got a lot to unpack there. Um, and I said that to him because of course I sent it to him. Um, but I was like, no, it's like specific friends of mine that I feel like there's specific friends that know this like true, like all things stripped back, like authentic version of me that I'm like, so it's like, how do you show up? So everyone sees that version of you. And I was like, "Mm." Hmm, that's a really good one. So let's all ponder that. Yeah. And as we do that, let's just go right into (laughs) our episode with the amazing Justin Schumann, who you can easily follow at Justin Schumann official. All right, Justin, we're so freaking excited right now. Um, I'm just, I'm going to jump in with the first question. Okay. We usually start with something a little more specific to our niches, which is our like, what the actual fork moment related more to like diet culture and dieting and like body image bullshit, which you're more than welcome to go there if you want. But we figured based off of the conversation we want to have with you today, we wanted you to give us your biggest TikTok ick right now. Or you oh can do as many that God. are coming into your head and you don't have to pick one. Um, I have to, okay, so we'll do three things very quickly. One, severe body dysmorphia, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so I, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's being a performer. I also like came out when I was 14 and I think I had this internalized thing. Like I'm supposed to look and feel manly, but I, it feels like incongruous with the boys around me. Like this is not therapy, but we can go there. Uh, so that's like an interesting body dysmorphia thing. So we can totally talk about that at another point. Um, the other really interesting thing I found I do recently, this is just a totally interesting nutrition thing. I open the fridge and I look at what I have, these like fresh, beautiful groceries. And I'm like, Oh, if I use two eggs, I'll have two less eggs and I'll run out. So I don't use the eggs. And I've started to do this with every 
item or I didn't, I, I just realized I do this with every item and I told people and they pretty much have that exact reaction. I like buy things, don't use them because I'm afraid then I'll run out and I'll have to buy more. And then I don't end up using it. He's crazy. Like that is, that's interesting. <laughs> we should, bad. like, they, right? you make a great point. You make a really good solid. But all I kept thinking of was like, hmm, what is the shelf life of eggs? Because they don't last in my house. They I last. I don't know the answer. It's it's longer than you think because I'm always like, fine, and then it's like <laughs> into the scramble. Um, my biggest TikTok ick at the moment. Oh my god, I have so many icks. I think my biggest TikTok ick. I'm going to get a high level for a second is the fact that people feel like it's an insurmountable task to begin creating content. And I think that has 15% to do with them and 85% to do with the culture and the conversation surrounding content creation. I think that people feel like they have to niche down. I feel like people have to feel like they have to show up on camera and be the production value so articulate, know exactly what they want to say, make a perfect content piece as their first one. I think people don't realize that TikTok, especially as a platform, is nonlinear. So your first piece doesn't have to be an introduction piece because, oh my God, what a hard piece to make. I hate those. Those feel like Everest. Also, you have to make the shitty content before you make the good content. So I think the ick is just really like, why has there become, why is there such a barrier to entry Barrier for entry. Why is there such a barrier to entry for creating content for beginners? Yes. Mm. Yeah. And we're people that have been creating content for a while, and I still feel that way. I was going to say, Sam and I have this conversation all the time. It's whenever we like straddle different topics that are like outside of nutrition. I'm like, am I talking to myself? <laughs> like, mm. Is anyone yeah. there? <laughs> like, I mean, in, in a beautiful way, you're like always talking to yourself and in a beautiful yes. way, no one's there. So like those answers are, those questions are answered. Um, that's if we want it, we can go down that avenue at a point if you want, because I, that is something I talk about with my one-on-one clients, at least a ton. How far can you spoke out the account? Mm. Truly like full stop. How far can you spoke out the account? Because oftentimes people feel the answer is, well, simply I cannot. It, I, I stay within my box. My box is what the people expect. My box is what the algorithm pushes. I stay in the box. So we can go there, but I'm curious to see where this unfolds. Yeah. And before we do, I just have to add that like this morning back to eggs, when I was making my scrambled <laughs> eggs, I had a double yolk and I just like knew it was going to be a good day. And it's just really living up to that. So I just wanted to put that out. There. I also love that like for you, the double, for you, the double yolk was like, what a beautiful day. And to some of the double yolk is like GMOs. Like it goes like one of two ways. Like it's literally like, wow. it's a beautiful day with us though. So you're it's a, safe it's here. It's a gorgeous day. It's a free range, cage free, double yolk, gorgeous day. And it was like that bright orange, you know, like it was just the happiest moment and it's really living up to it. So with that said, before we dive into all of the avenues that we can go into, who is Justin Schumann? And oh, not God, like, don't ask me that. <laughs> and like, we'll do your bio, but like, yes, we yes, want to yes. know. Yeah. Like, yeah, you it's are a great a TikTok sensation and you are helping so many people and you're so much more than that. But how... Like if you could fill in our audience and like a couple tidbits on how you became to be this TikTok helper that is guiding so many people, you know, and encouraging and building confidence and just doing so much on this platform, um, that would be amazing. Sorry, I'm stuck at TikTok sensation. Not I, certainly. He says, <laughs> working with creators who have like 8 million followers, I'm like, 
we're working up to it. Um, <laughs> to be honest, my impulsive answer when you said, who's Justin Schumann at present, he is a 31 year old person who feels like he's just now entering his prime. And that was something I couldn't possibly know when I was in my twenties. And I had to go through a lot of grief and heartache and loss and, um, stubbornly pursuing my, stubbornly pursuing my goals to get here. But I like couldn't be more excited for 2023. Um, Justin Schumann is a person who leaves his cabinets open and doesn't realize is like very rigid about schedules sometimes, uh, deeply empathic and sensitive. Uh, a very good friend to few. I don't need a million billion friends. I really love a tight circle. Um, and I don't like carrots, but it's like the only food I don't eat. It felt pertinent. You understand. Um, and the very short timeline to how we got here is here is a confluence of everything I've ever been. Uh, I'm a photographer and I have been for over a decade and a half and putting people at ease in front of the camera has always been a skill of mine. So the visual side of what I do takes care of itself. As a trained actor, I think that this awareness of how to use my body to convey feelings, emotions, and also tell a story, that is something, a, a skill I can impart. And that's also where this human as a verb thing came from. And then the third component is really just who I've always been. I think I've been an old soul. I think I've always been, I was the, the eight-year-old who was like best friends with the teacher, which is like also like classic baby gay, but you know, also just like smart beyond his year sort of moment. Um, and then again, and then the, the trials and tribulations I've been faced with through life. I lost my sister in a car accident in 2015, which is just part of my story and has absolutely genetically altered the way that I look at the world. But it's a, but it's a gift that I now bring, uh, to the table, just this awareness and this sensitivity to life. Uh, and then I just started showing up on social media and well, I was currently on Broadway at the time and it was in my dressing room and it was talking a lot about Broadway and monetizing your passion and all of that. And then it sort of just grew from there. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing those, those parts of your story with us. And of course, like such a beautiful gift that you bring. And like, again, we usually don't have, like, we usually don't branch out of our box when it comes to what we're talking about on here. But we both saw you on TikTok and we're like, we have to talk to him. Like we have to. Um, so we're so grateful. Am I living you. up to the hype? Oh my gosh. You've already exceeded it. So I think it's now just going to become like rapid fire at you. And just like, I know Let's Jen and I have so many things we want to get to. And you, you kind of like hinted to one thing where you were saying like you were working with, or you work with obviously one-on-one clients that have, like you said, like 8 million plus followers, et cetera. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm working up to it. So how do you get past like not focusing on numbers? Like I, and I know Jen and I have talked off air or on air about our own struggles on social, you know, showing up in this space and like, how do you not get discouraged? Like, oh, I don't have a air, heavy air quotes, enough followers, or that video didn't get enough views. Like, how do you fight the imposter syndrome, fight the negative self-talk? If you have any, or how do you support clients doing that? Because we, yeah, yeah, because it's actually for us. Um, great questions. I think there's actually like three prongs to what you asked. You asked about like metrics and then, um, imposter syndrome and then negative self-talk, which I actually would put in like three separate categories. But I think what's most important is let's chat metrics for a second. I think what really helped me is realizing that we 
ultimately have very little control over the metrics. You could make the perfect viral video following the formula that the gurus say to do using the trending sound of the moment. And that shit may get like 10 views, two likes, no shares. Because those metrics are algorithmically doled out. And I would never purport to know, and it drives me another TikTok because I'm sure more will reveal themselves, is people who are like, y'all, the algorithm changed. And I'm like, did you program it? Did you change the algorithm? You have no idea. Unless TikTok literally says we did this, which occasionally they do and will, like Instagram does too. Although Adam Asari is being like, we don't know what's going on. I'm like, that is clear to all of us. Um, So I don't think, one, anyone who says that they know what the algorithm wants or how you can create a piece that like honors exactly what that wants, I I don't think they're... I think that's bullshit. Um, But I think it's actually very freeing to go, I am not doing this for the algorithm. I don't create for a math formula on a computer, like probably in China, that like I cannot and will never see. And so I think that's very freeing. Like for instance... Any creator right now who like does this daily will tell you that probably f- it was summer. It was like July, August. There was a shift. I don't know what happened, but views shifted massively. Truly, I think it's just the way that they share content and are pushing things out has shifted. So, so views are just lower. It's gone are the days where it's like you post that beautiful watercolor you did and like wake up to a hundred thousand more followers. Like that's just like doesn't happen anymore. There's just more creators on the platform. There's more content. So views are down anyway. And so what I always say is like, what a gift, because then, like you said before, you are talking to no one possibly. So fucking say whatever you want. Like, this is the time to practice and to play and to experiment and to get outside the box. Um, But, but put really simply, you have very little control over the metrics and reminding you that you don't create for the algorithm. You create for you ostensibly. That's such a good shift and something I personally needed to hear um, because it can be very frustrating when the videos that I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to use a trending sound and sit here and put some words on it. And those do well. But when I'm like, here are five tips to better your life. No, thank you. Sure. Scroll. (laughs) So back to one of the other prongs of Sammy's question that I think is just important to backtrack on a touch is what is imposter syndrome? Because for some of our listeners, they may have never heard that before. And it is so much more than just a social media application of the term um, that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially now with social media being in the billions of who is on there. Um, so can you break down what imposter syndrome is and maybe like a tip or two to fight against it? I feel like you have those. Hell yeah. (laughs) I also, the way that I think about imposter syndrome is different than most. So what a great question. I very quick breakdown of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome to me is you've been invited to a, you've been invited into a room with a bunch of experts objectively, like the reader reading your story knows that you belong there, but you walk in there with main character energy and go, oh my God, I'm actually a non-player character. Like you don't think you belong in that room. Uh, and you look around and it's just this constant awareness that you are just glaringly obvious. You don't belong there. So that's a very simple, like I am the imposter. There it is. I actually believe, and maybe this comes from the performing background or comes from my, uh, I don't know, predilection to just pretend. I think the biggest and quickest fix for the imposter is become the very person that you fear you are in that moment. So if you're like, I am so the imposter, 
okay, then great. Then stick out. Then if you're already glaringly obvious, then share your truth, lean in even harder as opposed to like pull back and test the waters, just like kind of jump in. And I've had moments like I was at TikTok headquarters the other week to film, to do like a live for TikTok live. And I'm with people who, again, creators who have followers in the millions. And I didn't feel like an imposter because again, like at the end of the day, I kind of like degaff at this point, but I did was like, I, there is a reason I'm here. And it became very apparent very quickly because I am, I do something very specific that is different than most creators, but it's the feeling I used to feel, holy shit, this was the worst going to like a big invited dance call in the city for a show I was called in for. And I used to be a a dancer dancer and I still can, like I can whip it out if I have to, but I don't want to kick my face for a dollar anymore. Um, but I would go into these rooms of these like handsome men who are like competition dancers since the time they were four. And I was like, I feel miserable. I feel out of my skin. I feel so nervous. I I don't deserve to be here. Everyone's going to be so much better than me. And then you have to like overcome this incredible narrative that you've just told yourself and then do the thing. And then chances are you're going to do a fucking good job anyway, because like you got yourself in the room, you, you got there somehow, someone believed that you deserve that space there. Uh, so that's, I think my like roundabout imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, 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 there's a lot of like very obvious topics where social media is concerned that I forget to even talk about because this is just an interesting observation. It's hard to exist at all places along a timeline at any given moment. And I'm obviously pretty far along in my own journey. And I do work with people all along this timeline. My one-on-one people are probably more over here, not in terms of their like expertise, but they've just been at it for longer. And so there's maybe a, a larger wealth of content that we can look at. Although I do work with a fair amount of beginners, but the folks in my community are much more here. It is that imposter syndrome. It is this uh, lack of worthiness perhaps or this inability to take up space and and those topics are just as valid and i frankly have to just remember to talk about them more such good info and i feel like everything that you say we're gonna be like yep needed to hear that (laughs) like i just think about like my own personal stuff i've done this year and having imposter sense like how you explained it was so perfect like walking into a room and just being like i don't belong here like, why am I here? And it's like, where does that voice come from? Like, why do we have that? Um, but I think, I, I think it's frankly, it's because when we were young, we were told we weren't supposed to be special. I think that that's a unanimous story. I mm-hmm. love my parents. I have parents are divorced, best relationship with all of them. Dad, mom, stepmom, stepdad, amazing parents still fucked me up in some way. Right. Like it's like a parent's job to yeah, fuck their kids up in absolutely. like some small way. And like, I would say that to my mom, like, love you so much. Look what you done did. But I think whether it's from our parents or not, from any sort of older person when we're younger, if you express sparkle, oftentimes, maybe hopefully now this is changing, but back when I was a kid, at least, that wasn't always encouraged because then maybe you were conceited or you were a know-it-all or whatever. So you were to dim your light, dim your light, dim your light. And now you're in a room where somebody's brought you in and it was like, you're here because you're such a bright bulb. And you're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm a, I'm a very quiet boob. And it's like, nah, bitch, you're not like open up. I love that. Like, I know Jen and I would love to hear like feedback from like teachers and stuff. Like I was always told I was like bossy and I talk too much. And like, Mm -hmm. what are we trying to do on social media? (laughs) Demand to be heard in our space. Sure. Like, oh, wow. Connecting the dots. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Do you have anything, Jenna, that's coming up for you? I was just thinking of something like related, but not, but it's also interesting. And I would just love to hear what you two say about this. My husband and I were talking about this yesterday. I have an almost two-year-old and I caught myself saying like, be careful because he was an animal and he's like jumping off of things. And like the, the whole house is his playground. And my husband, Matt said to me, you know, I really want us to to watch how many times we use the words be careful because from what he's read it makes kids believe that the world is not a safe place and I thought about that for myself and like where a lot of my anxieties come from and like if we say be careful be careful be careful be careful about everything it's like they live with this like oh my god like nothing around me is safe and I think a lot of like my own personal like things come from like that, which is a very well-intentioned thing to say to a child, but Mm -hmm. also like, especially Mm -hmm. being in social media and like a lot of my like blockings personally are like, be careful of what you say because somebody is going to take that the wrong way. So to like pull it full circle, I think that's where like a lot of my stoppings come from. Does that make sense? Mm, 100%. Interesting, right? Yeah. And again, it really is. I, it's all from when we were kids. Absolutely. And the two things that immediately come up for me is this one in my family, I've always experienced this because I've, as one of the older ones and seeing kids be reared and brought up, you know, when they fall down, it's like, go boom. Like it's, it's instead of like, Oh my God, because then the kids like, Oh my, I should be broken. So then they like play into it and they're giving you Norma Desmond. (laughs) The other version too. And I've learned a lot from my for you page about like emotional co-regulation for kitties. Also, I'm so single and don't have a child. So like, get at me. Um, <laughs> I don't know your demographic. It's like all women. It's like, never mind. Um, <laughs> something that my impulse is, I wonder if an interesting, instead of be careful. And I understand two is very young, but like mommy loves when you have fun, just like consider, like take a second before you have the fun to consider the risks, which again, I don't know how you would send it to a two-year-old. We could, we could work on that. We could workshop it. But I, with if I'm so lucky to eventually have a kid, I think that I'd want them to know that like, it's always because I'm loving them and trying to protect them. So it's like, I love when you have fun. I just also want you to be safe because I love that too. And I love, you know, and so I think if you, if you use that language from when they're really, really young, that's a really healthy version of be careful. I I want you to explore. I want you to explore with awareness. Again, I don't know to say that to a two-year-old, but that's your job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to, to clip this but he this morning he was like climbing on the dog's cage to like get to the knives by the stove like really yeah 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 things and i'm like climbed over and instead of saying to be careful i'm like no what is mommy's job like what do i tell you all the time what is your job and he's like so close to being able to say to keep me safe like so close and so then i say it and i say now get down <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> That's it. Knives, stove, dog cage, like all the things. Anyways, moving on to our question. Wait, no, but don't move on. This is great. This is great. I love where this is going because Jen, I hear you loud and clear. And how many times have we talked about being on the wrong side of TikTok? Oh, God. Um, we don't need to bring up any personal examples, but let's just say I've gotten on the wrong side of TikTok a few times and been... Like, like Jenna, you, like you said, your, your big fear of people taking something wrong and or stitching uh you know something you say but not the full picture of the dialogue and then that going viral with like a th- thousands and thousands of stitches and now you're this horrible person and you have millions of fit talk bros coming into your comment section sounding a little specific over from there, personal Samantha. experience <laughs> so, 
Well, like, but that's like kind of going into our next question of like, how do you help your clients or how do you suggest? Well, here's my thing. Let me, let me go here. Like we know our intentions on TikTok. We know who we're talking to and what we want to say and what we want people to feel and experience. But when people take our words and twist them, it's so hard. And then especially when you're getting all of this hate. So how do you support your clients or how do you tell us like when we have haters, like what are the best tips to still show up? Because I, I thought I found myself just like shelling away from it all and being like, fuck this. Like I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to do this anymore. When I have over half a million people being like, you're helping me. I love you. You've saved my relationship with food. Thousand percent. Well, one, one personal thing. You can't stitch this bitch. I don't have stitches on unless somebody like literally requests it. And even then I'm dubious because like, I don't need somebody being like, niches are the best. Also like, fuck you. Like live your life. Like that's what you did with my video. But uh, so like, I do have stitches and duets off for the most part, unless it's like a purposeful to CTA is like, I want you to do at this or like, please stitch this. And, but in my history, like the engagement with that for me personally, in my account is very poor. So neither here nor there Two, I think that the best preemptive attack for like future haters is such aggressive authenticity. And I always say that like, I am so to pause for a second. Am I not exactly the person you thought I would be? Hopefully hundred percent, but like even better because like, oh. didn't know you, you know, like we only saw your videos. <laughs> this is true. But for You're the most exactly part, what we thought, yes, I try to diminish the gap between who I like the Muppet here is the Muppet in the videos. And so I always say like, what are you going to say in my comments that I don't already know? What are you going to show up and say? So gay. Oh, like, am I? Am I so gay? Was the boy who was on Broadway started dancing when he was eight and like loved to wear dresses when he was, am I so gay? So like, what are you really going to say? So I think that if you show up with aggressive authenticity, which is a state that you need to, which is a practice you need to hone and cultivate. And we can talk about that, of course, but that is a great preemptive strike. What happens when they actually show up? I love this question. First of all, TikTok took away a feature that I love. So if TikTok is listening, which they're absolutely not, and possibly they always are, is the ability to pin a comment. I wish you could yes. still do that. Because sometimes I used to be like, you wanted the spotlight, BB? Here is the spotlight. And I would pin their comment and like, oh, it would go away so fast. Uh, for me, I always look at the comments and I go, is participating in this going to cause harm to other followers of mine? If I not provoke this person, but if I get in, if I get in bed with this person, will my actions and will this conversation actually cause ripples that might be detrimental to the people whom I love who do follow me? If which case I don't, I don't engage. However, if I go like this person's either relatively innocuous or they're benign, or I just know full well, I can eviscerate them, which most I can, I will use it as an educational moment. I will reply to the comment with a video. I will comment on it. I will screen cap it. Cause like, if you come into my house, all bets are off. Get ready. Cause I will destroy you. And so unless you want to have like a legitimate discourse and conversation, which I'm also always here for, like drop, say hello in the comments. Um, but that's for me, if they have enough chutzpah as my ancestors would say to come into the comments and talk shit, then like you just opened yourself up, get ready for me personally. So I hear the whole shell of it all, but like, what's the opposite version of that? Where it's like, this is 
you, what a gift you just left for me in these comments. I cannot wait to dispel every single thing you've said. I cannot wait to any version of it. Again, I don't know what the specific instance was, and maybe we can chat about that at another, at another juncture, but, um, yeah, I go right for it. Don't you just like picture these people as like the people that walk into your house with like muddy shoes? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a shoes off at the door. Sh- I'm like, they're shit all through your home. Like that's how I envision them as like, but like with trolls, like as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but like bad ones. <sighs> Anyways, that's where my creative brain goes. I love I it. I feel like you speak from so much experience, which is so, so, so clear. And it's very also clear to me and I'm sure to Sam as well that like, you do things outside of social media to take care of yourself because you're so balanced. And I feel like you have your head on, like, just like you just know who you are and you're showing up as that person. And there might be some people listening that are just not there yet. Mm-hmm. And if you have any tips, tricks, secrets, best practices, or something that you would share with either a client or somebody coming to your TED talk that wants to show up more as like their authentic self, but doesn't know how to like nourish their soul to do so. What would you weird? Think? I think my first tip would be to go watch my actual Ted talk on YouTube, but great idea. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comment pinned TikTok. Um, the biggest secret is like, I don't have balance like LOL bless you for assuming I do. Is it because my hair looks good? Um, I, it is a constant struggle. Um, I am on antidepressants because that is like a chemical imbalance that I'm currently dealing with and happened since the end of the pandemic, because that was a really hard time. You guys, uh, I obviously have dealt with things in my past that I'm still continuing to integrate, whether it's grief or PTSD or whatever. Um, I put on a really good show and I think that's a skill that I have that I understand that not most people, not that I, and I understand that's a skill that I have that not everyone does. And maybe that's even like one of my gifts that I'm supposed to share. Um, I have moments where I feel like I'm reaching equilibrium, but the universe very quickly is like, fuck you. I think for me, what's most important is I enjoy a routine and that doesn't mean to me that everything has to stay the same every single day, but I, I like to know what's coming up. Uh, and I, at this point have a team to support me with that. But again, my team is literally to provide me with organization and structure because like people, people always are shocked when I say this, like I am not an organized person. I am the clothes on the floor, Tupperware askew. And people are like, really? And I'm like, yes, I can't see. I, I have 50 tabs open in Chrome at any given moment. And that's how my actual brain looks. So I have now been able to delegate and bring people on to assist in the places where it's not my zone of genius. I eat organization. So routines are helpful for me. I love the gym. For me, that is a form of therapy. Therapy is also a form of therapy. Um, my relationship with nutrition is fascinating. We can do that maybe on like a sequel episode where we can actually be like more in the zone that is truly what the actual fork. Um, and the other thing I'll bring it right back to social media is people always ask me how frequently should you post? And I think that this idea of balance and this question that gets asked all the time is post consistently, not obsessively. And if consistent means for you once a week, God bless post one fucking TikTok a week. That's fine. If it's, if it's two a day, you live your life. You post two TikToks a day, but that is not the case for everybody. So post consistently, not obsessively. It should be easily interpolated into your life, I believe, which makes the balance easier when the one side of the scale is not so heavy. That is so helpful. And thank you for shedding light on 
so many things in that answer right there, but we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast as well. And, um, it's just all the things that you said are just so important for people to know, like we're all real humans. Like just because we have TikTok followers doesn't mean that like our shit doesn't stink and we know exactly what's going on in the world because we're all just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some other things? Like if you're like, okay, people listening to this, this podcast, um, a lot of people have a TikTok, right? Like, what do you want them to walk away from this episode? Like if they don't remember anything that we've talked about and you're like, I want them to hear this, this is what I want people to hear. What, what is it? The social media we used growing up does not have to be the social media we use going forward. I think that people have a lot of language associated with social media, well-earned, right? It has been dangerous. It has been detrimental. It has given kids eating disorders. It has spurred bullying. I am so aggressively anti all of that, obviously. However, the work that I do in trying desperately to infuse social and really the world, right? Because all of my content, spoiler alert, y'all, take the words TikTok and social media out of it. It is about how you show up in real life. That's how I use social media. I use social media as a place where I can practice being myself so I can be a more full, honest, authentic self in life. And that's the gift I think we all have if we use social as a stage. That is going to take a moment right? We're working against a lot of systems that have been in place for a long time and people who stand to make a lot of money from us, you know, using these apps as we did previously, but just because it used to be this thing, this idyllic version of self and, and doesn't mean it has to be that thing. Cause also spoiler alert, it's not going anywhere. So you learn how to, and again, I'm not saying you have to get on social. I really am not. I, I do think it behooves most in some capacity at this point to build a personal brand. And that's again, a separate, separate kind of thing. But if you do choose to jump on, use it in a way it's not been used before. Why not? We only got now and the world's like on fire. So I think, I don't know how much longer we have. So like we may as well, we may as well do the shit now. The world is on fire in like so many different forms of. Mm-hmm. But with that said, that was so helpful and also makes so much sense. Um, so thank you. This conversation has been so powerful. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you, stalk you, do all of the things, work with you? Um, tell us what it is that, or tell everybody where we can find you. Yeah. So you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at Justin Schumann official. That's my handle there. I'm also on Twitter, but that feels inconsequential at this point. Uh, I'm on Pinterest. He'll be on YouTube in 2023. I mean, we're really covering our bases. I, in a completely non-flip way, I would, I would really recommend if you have any interest in what I've said today, go watching the TEDx talk I gave back in May. It's called the practice of being yourself. And I reframe authenticity as something you need to work on actively. It's not, again, just something you should passively and innately know and be able to be effortlessly. I think that is such uh, a falsehood. Um, I have a lot of exciting things coming in 23. You can work with me one-on-one, of course, which again, you can book through the link in my bio and pretty much any social platform. I have a community called the Just Human Well Community. That's a monthly membership sort of thing. And it is this unbelievable space, especially if you're the person listening who's like, 
oh my God, this is aspirational and I want this for myself and I have no idea where to start. This would be a great place to start because there's time, you get time in very, very small group settings with me every single week, chance to ask your questions, just spend time together, talk about life, like really work through the hurdles as they come up for you in real time in a very supportive, safe, and very private atmosphere. I'm very, very protective over that community. Um, no shows coming up as of this moment, but if like anybody's producing Hamilton on here, like I'm available, <laughs> uh, I filmed a talk show about two months ago that should air hopefully Q1 of 2023. Can't say much more than that, but excited for it. Uh, I think that's it. That's amazing. I was going to say, just (laughs) run to his TikTok and binge absolutely every single one of them. Um, Thank you for showing up as your authentic self today and inspiring us to do the same. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.